What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. Reminder that you get access to all the great tools over at FantasyPoints.com. 10% discount using code TRIPLEPLAY22. You don't want to miss out on that. Mendy here joined by dirt that just like when it falls on the floor, he gets very dirty. Art Tornabeni, <laughs> a.k.a. Little Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? Man, I got a reputation to uphold here, man. I say those things in strictest confidence, okay? <laughs> on this show, I am a wholesome person, okay? Yes. Outside of this show, it's a different story. You're but like, I'll play it. You're the sole in our like Slack or uh, Discord channel. You're the sole part of the triple play after dark stuff. That's you. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> That's right. That's why you got to join our Discord. You can see me getting a uh, little after darkish in there. Oh sometimes. yes. That's a selling point right there. Of course, uh, also joined by someone that likes to eat pizza and party. It is Eric Mendelson, aka the Doc. What's up? Yeah, that's a normal Friday for me. You're accurate, David. Nice. And Art, you were dirty that one episode. We just kept having sexual innu- innuendos. All right, it spilled over a little bit. Yeah, you couldn't contain yourself. I, I forget what it was. I forget. I was able to work it in really flawlessly. I don't think anyone noticed. Anything. You're a wily <laughs> old vet. That's what you, you're a wily yeah, you old vet. We, of course, can't forget the other member of the crew. It's our bearded tiger, Marty Tallman. What's up? Bearded Tiger. You know what? I like that. Um, overall, things are good. It looks like uh, the CBA negotiations are picking up, so I'm going to be more optimistic this episode. Optimistic Marty's in full force. <laughs> I'll say you're very optimistic because right now the screen is stuck on you smiling. <laughs> there we go. See? Perfect. And you can uh, thank my 2015 uh, MacBook that doesn't really work anymore. So uh, You look like a ventriloquist. <laughs> like, uh, okay, that's, that's horrible, actually. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well... <laughs> I don't know how you can transition from talking about that stuff to talking about our guests, but we're going to try. We welcome in a man who seems to bloom every single spring, whether it's his moderating a first pitch, his analysis, or his bloom boards. This man is a writer and social media director of Baseball HQ, the 2020 FSWA Baseball Writer of the Year, and a seven-time finalist. This man stays busy as he is the associate editor of the Baseball Forecaster, and maker of the hashtag Bloomborbs that we know and we love. Ladies and gentlemen, he's smooth on the mic, and he's a savage in the draft room. It is Ryan Bloomfield. How's it going, man? Bravo, bravo. That was uh, that was impressive. It's, it's, it's going okay. It's going okay. I'm trying to control what I can control and not be glued to, to Twitter and CBA updates. Um, so I am absolutely looking forward to this and getting away from that. This will be fun. That's what these these shows kind of become recently, like our shows. And I know all the other people that are still doing podcasts, like you're trying to just mentally take yourself away from the reality that it's just players versus owners. It's an ugly battle right now. Uh, So I, right before I get into all the good stuff, let's, let's just open it up. Let's just get the negativity out the door and let's just talk really quick. Ryan, I got to start with you because we kind of already dressed it here. Do you have any optimism that we're going to be able to, uh, to play baseball or are you starting to become more pessimistic um i mean just starting to get tired of it all you know it's just you know if i hear cbt cba international draft there's just all this stuff and we're spending so much at least i am speaking for myself i try and avoid it but spend so much time trying to follow it and uh 
there's just not too much good news that comes out. So, uh, like I said before, control we can control. I think we'll have baseball. It's going to get a little bit tougher now if there's not a 162-game season. That's just one more kind of negotiating block that they've got to figure out if it's not a full season. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if it's delayed, it's delayed. I've always thought, you know, control what you can control, sharpen your sword, try and learn something new if you've got time and the season's delayed. Uh, do what you can to make yourself better, and that's about all you can do. So I'm um, trying not to try not to worry too much about stuff out of my control, but it's easier said than done. It is very hard right now. And you saw just the other day, they were talking about how there was three specific rule changes, a pitch clock restrictions on the use of defensive shifts and the size of the bases. And they were going to basically make it where they could implement this as soon as 2023. And you just kind of saw the wheels in motion. Everybody was seeming to get excited. Marty, you seem like you're, you stayed grounded. I didn't see any tweets from you expressing optimism. So where do you stand right now? Well, I absolutely love all the rule changes. I'm for getting rid of the shift. I want to see more athleticism in baseball. Art, stop laughing at me because I'm not moving. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and the bigger bases, I don't really understand that. Well, I mean, it's, it's going to cut down on injuries. Potentially those extra three inches might give you an ability to steal more. I don't really know about that. Um, what was the last one? Uh, the one? There was defensive shifts, pitch clock. bigger bases. Pitch and- clock. Yeah, I'm all for the pitch clock. Yeah, let, let's get it going. You know, and I, I think that will actually help the um the the pitchers to a certain extent too. You know, getting in a rhythm. There's some pitchers that that's what they do anyway. So I think those are all positives. As far as getting into the nitty gritty of the CBA, I don't. I'm I'm like I'm like Ryan. No thanks. You know what just came to me is like when you're frozen, it's like when they interview somebody on ESPN and they put their picture on screen while they talk. <laughs> that's that's what you are right now. It's like we're reporting for Marty Tallman. There we go. I'm reporting here from Detroit, Michigan. Back there, to you. There we go. Elsie, uh, you're very, you speak good words. You're a very positive individual. You also can be very real. And where do you stand on where we are today with baseball negotiations? Man, it's a lot of posturing. One side, no one is no one is really wanting to 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 take the steps closer together to make the to make the deal. We obviously all have sympathy for the players because, you know, they're the ones who provide us the product. They're the ones who are the product, and they are the ones who we want to see. Um, so you know, obviously. We all feel that the revenue that they help to produce more of it should go to them. So we just want the owners to crash, and and the owners, you know, they're they're gonna they they have they have the keys to the to the to the house house party doesn't start till they turn the keys, and that's the whole thing. Um, so you know what I do is I I wait for 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 Bubba to put out his depressed tweet so I know how the bargaining went today. And, uh, and then once I see that, I know I don't have to look anything up. Yeah, he's on it. He's like, I usually, his tweets are the ones that pop up first when I see like there's positive or there's negative. I, he's on it. He's like a, he's fantasy baseball's Jeff Passan. That's for sure. He's like first on the stories. Doc, just wrap this up for us. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Groundhog Day, obviously great movie, but you don't want to be living in real life. And I think, uh, this came out from Twitter today, a tweet that Steve Cohen liked, uh, Maybe I'm way off here, but I don't think MLB would ever accept an offer from the MLBPA. They want to have the upper hand. They want their offer accepted or denied. It's going to be a game of hardball. And I think there's just so many things that they don't agree on. And there there are certain things, yes, that they're starting to come closer to, but the international draft, 
playoff teams. Like the fact that we didn't start negotiating right away or we, they didn't start negotiating right away. It's just putting us that much further behind the eight ball. I said this last week, I will take any baseball we can get this season. Like, I don't think we're going to come to an agreement anytime soon. What does it mean that Steve Cohen liked that? Does that mean Steve Cohen agrees? He liked the tweet. He liked the tweet. No, does that mean he agrees that owners won't, or does he mean that does he mean that he thinks owners should? No, I, th- I think I think he he agrees that owners should accept a proposal from the players that the players either accept or reject their offers that they oh, have yes. the upper hand. So yeah, I think he stay the heck stay the f off of Twitter, Steve Cohen. <laughs> Shut your trap. No, <laughs> that's a glimpse of what you get of art in the in the <laughs> Discord after dark. Yeah. Uh, all right. Great. Not too much more negativity here. Let's go back to positive. In today's episode, we're having our outfield position preview part one. So that means we're going to look at outfielders one through 30. We're going to talk about guys that we're fading, some guys that we like in each range. And of course, some gems that maybe you could get after or in that 20 to 30 range, you know, right after the, the gimme guys. So it's going to be a lot of disagreements, debates, and of course, all that great stuff. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, and we will save that for you listeners. LC had a good one that I'll, I'll save that for the uh, when we get there. And then our game of the week to finish out the show as we always do. So let's, without further ado, let's dive into our outfield preview. And we're going to be looking at NFBC ADP since February 23rd. So we've been doing two weeks as our cutoff recently for our shows, get more accurate data in a sense for that. And let's talk about first our outfielders going one to 10. And this is not, which Ryan actually made a good point when we were talking in the DMs that he was like, are you talking about the number outfielders one through 10 or whatever. I'm sorry. Whatever the other thing, Ryan, you asked me um, rounds, the rounds. Thank so you. It, rounds. If I come up here and start saying miles straw is my fade <laughs> <laughs> right off the top. I was like, that, that was a really good question. I'm glad you asked me that. So uh, we're just talking right now about the, the first one through 10 guys going off the board in the outfield range here. So as we talked about in every other show, it does not necessarily mean that you're not going to draft them. It just means that their price, you don't find yourself taking as much of them as you do other guys. So as far as if you don't like a certain player. So one through 10, Ryan, we're going to go to you first. Who do you find yourself drafting most of in this range? I actually find myself drafting one of the guys in the background of your sweet little uh, stream yard here. And that's Jordan Alvarez. I think you know, there's a lot to be said about, you know, the, the lack of steals and that sort of thing and building like from a team construction standpoint, wanting to get steals early. Um, I think Jordan Alvarez and I think Eric Cross has said this as well on Twitter, but um, I think he could be Vlad Guerrero Jr. this year. Um, I think he, I had his box in the baseball forecaster and wrote an upside of him of, of 50 home runs. Um, I think he can pair that with a 300 batting average hits in a great lineup the you know a year ago we were all so worried about the knees but he kind of shushed those aside by not only just DHing but qualifies in outfield now so played enough games in the field to to kind of make me a little more confident in the knees which was a big uh big issue for me last year with Jordan so Alvarez is my guy if if you're willing to uh fall a little bit behind in stolen bases I think like I said I think you're getting a Vlad Guerrero maybe maybe a Juan Soto um without you know 10 bags um at you know right around pick 30 so um Jordan's Jordan's my guy there I, I really like I think he's one of the you know it could be one of the top three hitters in, in baseball 
100% agree with you. I, I've been loving trying to get him, but I've noticed his ADP starting to creep up. I noticed he doesn't even last to the end of the second round, I feel like, as much as he used to. My question to you, Ryan, is if you have a back-end pick, if in a 15-team league you pick, like let's say you, you pick 14 and you pick 17, would you take him with the 17th pick? Um, probably if he's, yeah, he's not going to make it back to you. So at that point you've got to figure, are you going to take a second round, a starting pitcher, which I've kind of been a little bit off of this year, going more and towards like the fifth or sixth round starting pitchers, the kind of Gossman, um, Castillo, uh, Trevor Rogers zone. Um, or are you going to pick more of like a steals guy or a closer even this year? And I think Jordan Alvarez, if you're going to go hitter in round two, um, he's, he's going to get you those four categories of elite production. So um, as long as you're comfortable getting steals a little bit later or starting out in your first round with steals, I think he's fine. If you were going at the back end wheel, like 17, I, I, I would not be opposed to that. Yeah. I mean, again, if you look at his stat cast page, it would make a bull angry. It's just so much red 277 batting average, 33 homers, 104 RBIs, max EV exit velocity, everything hitting the ball hard. He excels at actually, I mean, his K rate isn't even that bad. 24% for someone of his type of powers is pretty solid as well. Uh, so I, like you said, Ryan, I find myself loving Jordan Alvarez. I think that's a great call. Now, Marty, let's go to you next. Who's somebody that you find yourself taken up in this range? Uh, it's potentially someone that makes Nationals fans very happy. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of uh, um, you're making a bull upset, check out Juan Soto's baseball savant page. It's absolutely beautiful. Everything's blood red in the best spots. The K percentage, 90%. The walk percentage, 100%. He's barreling the ball, 83rd percentile. Ex-Woba's 99th percentile. I mean, there's nothing earth shattering. I mean, he is one of the best players in baseball. He's still only 23 years old. So it's very possible that he has a next level in his game. Last year, he hit 29 home runs with 95 RBIs. He got you nine stolen bases. I could see that even going up a little bit this year as well. Um, but it's just, it's nice and super safe. You know, when you're looking, when you think about, um, you know, Acuna or Fernando Tatis, there's some question marks there with the injuries. Juan Soto, you draft him, you're good to go, baby. Just relax. You got one of the best players in baseball. The actual, the Nationals, um, the counting stance won't be as good because of how bad that team is around him. But that's not going to stop me from drafting him. And over 500 OBP in the second half of last year. And uh, is it fair to say he's a slam dunk number one overall pick in OBP instead of average leagues? Oh, for me, absolutely. It's not them and points. And points. Ryan, what about the same for you? Yeah, I think so. I think the Walker, I think in in like traditional five by five Rota, the – the I think it's a great point. Like the the factors outside of Soto's control, his team really hurt him because he's going to get pitched around and walks don't really do much for you in five by five. But yeah, no BP or points. Um, such a boost from uh, from the number of walks that he gets. He would he would be my number one pick overall. Twenty two percent walk percentage yeah, last year, and, and you yep. yeah, and you reference the stolen bases, Marty. Every projection system, steamer, zips, the bat, everything has him in double digits, anywhere from like. 11 to 13. So, you know, you're expecting hopefully some double digit upside with the stolen bases there too. So yes, I very much like Soto as well. LC, you like somebody that's very polarizing. You like somebody where you're not worried about shoulder injuries. You like Fernando Tatis. Yeah. I'm being drafting him being real bold, talking up the number two player on the board. (laughs) 
<laughs> in the entire draft. Um, my my entire point here is 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 that I think Tatis should be going number one. I think the entire argument for Turner is based upon volume rather than uh, rather than ceiling. I think, and and in in my viewpoint, if you have the number one overall pick, you should be going with the highest ceiling. Um, um, not only that, uh, if you look at like Tatis versus Turner, like just the steamer six hundred of them is really really shows shows the difference. Steamer has Tatis with 19 more home runs, 11 more runs, 22 more RBIs, and one less stolen base than Trey Turner if they both get 600 plate appearances. I mean, it's entirely a volume play. And and, and when you see last season in 130 games, um, Tatis was the number sixth rated player in the, in the, most amount of games Turner has played in many seasons, he was the number three rated player. So I think, I think you could see the actual difference in the per game that you get from Tatis. And also from, from my point of view, now Turner also gives you this, I think to a less extent, but with Tatis having him as a shortstop and outfield really gives you a ton of draft flex- flexibility in getting your build. I've gone to T's first overall and saw Xander Bogart's fall. And I can no problem bumping Tatis out to the outfield and putting Xander in at mm. my shortstop because I think, you know, the depth of shortstop allows you to do that. It allows you to do that with Turner as well. But I think the fact that there are five outfield spots and only one second base spot or one or middle infielder spot gives you a little bit. It's a it's a little bit less of a of a uh, a little bit more um, 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 flexibility with Tatis just because there are so many outfielder spots. So to me, um, I think that uh, the Tatis should be first overall. His ceiling is, is easily higher than Turner. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's my whole argument. So one quick thing, and then I'll move on to doc really fast is it's been brought up that his shoulder injury, he didn't get surgery on it. And it's something mm-hmm. that could come up again during the season does that not deter you at all? Just the fact that you have to use that type of capital on him, the, the number one or two pick in the draft with something, someone going into the year where they're saying he's not getting surgery and it's going to be continuing potentially popping up. I, I actually want to highlight Derek Rhodes said something really great on the CBS Fantasy Baseball Today podcast mm-hmm. went on last night, came out this morning, where he said that you pretty much with hitters, most of the time, those injuries aren't going to be long term. You know, besides like an oblique, maybe they're out six weeks. But it, mm-hmm. for the most part, hitter injuries aren't long term. Pitcher injuries are, mm-hmm. and that's why most people like drafting hitters early on because you're not potentially lose them. Barring like the Acuna's example where he tore his ACL, you're not going to lose them for extended periods of time. But you have Fernando Tatis coming in with a already questionable shoulder injury that, if it gets any worse, could keep him out for a long amount of time. And that's something that I feel like raises red flags for a lot of people, but you're okay with that type of risk based on his reward. I do. I'm okay with the risk based on the reward. I'm also thinking Tatis was able to on the fly switch his swing in the middle of last season and not experience a break in his production. His production kept steady after that, going to the two-handed follow-through on a swing to protect his shoulder. Um, I also think that it is likely he has been working with – uh, a personal trainer to help build up the strength in that shoulder and help reduce the risk of injury. I mean, they have great medical staff there. Um, so for me, I think it, and, and Turner has a, 
you know, Turner is just kicking off the injury label too himself. He was an injury injury label guy as, as recently as 2019, where they were like, oh, how many games for, are you going to get for Turner? So I think, you know, the, the, in the comparison between the two of them, Turner has more recent health. Uh, but um, I think that, you know, as, as you said with injuries, and I'm not going to, you know, Derek Rhodes knows, knows much more about injuries than I do. If, with injuries, you know, they could happen. They might not happen. For me, I'm going with the guy who I think is going to produce the best overall season. I think it's going to be Tatis. All right. Doc, give us the Cliff Notes version of you're like Bryce Harper. Yeah, so, I mean, just just always squeeze me to the end, right, David? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> catching on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get 10 it's seconds. Than, it's, better than your, it's better than your analysis, I guess. So, Bryce Harper, yeah. he's, he's only 29 years old, so I think – when a lot of times people come in early, we assume that they've made their debut later, but he's still relatively young. Don't think he's going to fall off the cliff yet, but we've seen him have career high in K rates the last two seasons at 20.1% and 16.7. And he's lowered his K rate as well. Career to lows. Career, career lows. low career lows in K rate. That's why I have a shorter time yeah. to below his career average. I like his lineup around him better than Soto's. Like I would actually take Bryce Harper over Soto. He's been, Remember early in his career, we talked about injury concerns. Harper it's didn't really know. In here. It, Harper didn't know how to protect his body. He would go 100% every single play, whether it's running into a wall. And I think he's really learned how to preserve it. Um, he's been more durable. The last three seasons, he's had 34, 35, and 35 home runs, double digit steals, decent batting average. Do you want to make a be, bet? Do you want to make a bet who has more fantasy points between Bryce Harper and Juan Soto? In uh, points or Roto? You said you would take him over Bryce Harper, so I'm assuming you would take him in either format. I would take Bryce Harper before Soto in a five by five. I mean, oh, oh all right. Well, I'll, I'll still bet that. Okay. All right. Deal. That you're all your analysis. Yeah, because you know I, I don't I don't get a lot of talking time on here. So I got to make <laughs> best use. Okay, let's go back to what everybody wants to do. Let's go back to Ryan. Let's talk about it just like in this range and the one through ten. Who do you find yourself? You're like, you know what? I'm good. His trap cap is a little high for me. I might pass. All right. So I'm going to make that counterpoint for Tatis. Um, I, I think, I mean, really, it's just it's your alternatives are Trey Turner and like J Ram. And so I just think from a from a draft standpoint, I'm, I want to take the floor of those two guys. Tatis, I mean, yeah, I mean, we brought up uh, all the points that were just brought up are totally valid. He can, I mean, he's a he's a freak. He could he could be play 130 games just like he did last year, finished number six. And that's if you get that out of Tatis again this year, um, you're good. The only thing I would say is with Tatis, the first half, second half splits. Like in the second half, yes, he did swing with both his hands and kind of retooled things, but he only hit 264 um, with 16 homers and eight steals in the second half. Compare that to 301 with 26 homers and 17 steals in the first half. So there was a pretty noticeable production drop from Tatis in the second half. Uh, I know I'm kind of cherry picking things, but that was after he kind of retooled everything and wasn't as aggressive on the base pass. So um, I totally get the case for Tatis. Like, yes, he has the ability to be like a $50 player if he plays 162 games. Totally get it. Um, but the downside's a little bit too much. If I've got a top three pick, I'm going to go Trey Turner or J Ram with the more relative safety, I guess, uh, that early in the draft. So you're not taking Tatis unless he falls to four. Um, right. 
And even then, I'd have to think about it. I had the fifth pick in labor, and I took Bo Bichette. Tatis was gone, but that would have been a that would have been a tough uh, decision. Ooh, a tough decision. All right, I like it. I like it. So I'm probably lower on Tatis than most, but um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. It's, it's a hard decision to make. Again, you they say you can't win your draft in the first round, but you can lose it. I know it's kind of a a quote some people stand by. And it's definitely a big risk with him, that's for sure. And like you stated, Ryan, I mean, there's some troubling numbers in the second half with that two-handed finish on his swing. So uh, you have to weigh that risk, but obviously the upside there too. Doc, I'm going to go back to you because I feel bad, and I want you to have a little more time this time. <laughs> Who? Uh, why do you hate Starling Marte? Why do you dislike his draft plays? All right. Well, when I did the, my research, technically Monday, he's, he's number eleven. Well, he was number it. he he was number ten on Monday, and I <laughs> and Tatis is also shortstop eligible first. That's so, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So so for Starling Marte, and we talked about this when I was between him and Whit Merrifield and TGFBI, and a big thing for me is durability. So the last two out of three full seasons, he's played one hundred thirty and one hundred thirty two and one hundred twenty games. Now we look at his speed, and that's what's really enticing. He had 47 stolen bases in 120 games last year, which means he got a steal in 40% of his games. That is highly unlikely to repeat. Now, he did this similarly in 2017, where he had a steal in 36% of his games. He had 47 stolen bases in 129, but he was also 27 years old at that time. He's now 33. So I see the steals decreasing a lot based on that just unlikely to repeat. Um, he's the guy with a low walk rate and he just got paid. He probably is viewing his body as an investment. The Mets probably will also. So for him, you're chasing a uh, slightly over 300 batting average, some home run pop, some runs, not many RBIs where he's going to hit in the lineup. It's just too rich for me. Do you guys believe in the manager has an effect on the stolen bases or you think it that's completely out of the equation? I don't think it's out of the equation. Because like that's what he's known for speed. Like you're not going to take away a you know an advantage he has on the diamond, but I, I think they're going to limit it a little bit more, more probably. Because people have said that Buck Showalter is not a guy that usually lets his players run a ton. That's just not he's kind of more of an old school manager. Uh, that's mm-hmm. thrown out there. I don't know if that's something people believe will be a strong thing or not. Also, Starling Marte just got paid, so is he going to limit his chances of getting hurt? Because of why does he need to run that many times? He's not, it's not like he's trying to run for a contract. So does that, that's one of the things I think that's crossed some people's minds too, when they draft. So that's, I think that weighs in your favor there too, as well, doc. Um, Let's go to you, Marty. Let's go back to you and let's talk about your dislike in this range. And I got to say, Mike Trout is not a name you would have heard a few years ago, but he's also kind of become a very polarizing player that people are scared about that calf. It, you know, he's not stealing bases anymore. Is that why you're out on Mike Trout here? Well, this is all true, but Trout is not my guy. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. Ah, uh, you know, it's funny. I was looking at Art's thing. <laughs> but no, so, and, um, but I think, you know, similar to why people aren't drafting Trout is, you know, the injury, you know, history. And I mean, look, this pains me to even say this, because I love Acuna. You know, he's an absolutely incredible, you know, he's a top five talent in all of baseball, but he's coming off a torn ACL. And when I'm looking at his ATC projections, they have him stealing 22 bases. And I don't know what they're basing that on. Um, so I'm going to need to see it before I fully invest. I think Bryce Harper is a way better investment at that exact same time. You know, it's 
less risk. That's what I'm all. That's what I'm here for in the first round. Unless you're trying to take down one of the main event or some kind of overall where you're in with you know 500 other teams and you just need ceiling, ceiling, ceiling. Um, it's just it's a little too rich for my blood. Um, and this is coming from an I'm actually being optimistic because I think that the season's going to start here within the next month, month and a half. Now, the further we get into it being delayed, obviously, it's only going to help him more and more and more. So come speak to me in two months if there's no season yet and we're just about to start it. I think, you know, I think Acuna may be a, a better fit there. But for coming, it's a torn ACL. It doesn't like get much worse than that. So to invest all of it in there, all of that uh, capital in your first round. I'd rather take Bryce Harper and just, you know, take a deep breath. Yeah. And it's also, you know, it's interesting too. We can't see his progress, right? Like he's going to put videos up of himself working out, but we don't see, you know, him getting any action like on the field. We don't yeah. see the type of stuff that could raise his ADP or make us feel more comfortable with the raise in his ADP. Cause it's, it's actually gone up now. He's going inside the top 10 and you look, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and you look, I was going to say real quick, and this is something that I think is, do we really think the Braves aren't talking to Acuna? Like, you know, they just they've left him alone the last three months, let him do his own thing. He's working, you know, I don't know about any of that. I think that's kind of wild. But, yeah, the 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 um, the Instagrams look great, but, you know, is he going to be coming on, coming off a World Series team? Is he going to be going balls out days in, day out, trying to get stolen bases and, you know, playing the field every single day? The DH is going to help him a little bit in that sense. But it's still just too rich. Yeah, Ryan, you seem like you agreed as well with the Acuna stuff. Yeah, and I just don't know how much he'll run when he comes back. It's just, yeah, it's just a lot of unknown. Like I, I'd be more open to it if, if we start up drafts again, and uh, you know, it's right before opening day, and we've got a little bit more uh, actual concrete evidence to go off of. But right now, it's too much unknown for me. Yeah, I take Bryce Harper over Acuna right now too. Yeah, I'm with you guys, Elsie. Now we can go to what I was referencing before with Mike Trout. You're out on him. Yeah, um yeah, I'm out on Mike Trout. I um I'm going to show the the other side of of the Tatis argument. Trout was a guy who for a few seasons was still producing great seasons even though he was missing little chunks of time each year. Last season was the first time that the the little nagging injuries took him out and took him out for the for for most of the season. He got he had a a calf injury, a, a grade 2 calf strain on May 17th. Supposed to be about a 6 week uh um strain. He missed over four and a half months. He missed the entire rest of the season. Uh everyone who was holding on to Trout hoping he'd come back in in 6 weeks took a big L on that one. Um I just think the um for me then, you know, his the difference in age between Trout and Tatis. Trout's going to be thirty this year, and the fact that these these sort of calf injuries, these sort of soft tissue injuries, seem to be happening uh, with greater frequency with Trout, um, and the fact that there's a lot of of other outfielders, a lot of other uh, um, talent that are going in that area that I, I I don't you know that did not you know, that finished the season on the field last year, which is a big difference for me. Uh, and like, like with anything it, with, with trout, if, if, if we could, if we could get a really good look at him now, I might have a little bit more confidence, but um, yeah. Um, the injuries are, are starting, starting to catch up to him now, I think. All right. Fair enough. Let's now go into the uh, next range of guys here. And this is the 11 through 20. And Ryan, we're going to go back to you. This is now these aren't the the slam dunk first round guys or even early second round guys. We're getting into 
this is where you kind of decide how you want to build in the draft. And with this range of guys, who do you find yourself wanting to draft a lot of? Uh, draft a lot of is George Springer. I've, I've been all over George Springer. The guy burned me big time last year. Um, was t- was taking him in like the second or third round in a lot of 15 teamers and just got hurt and never really got back until really the second half. But once George Springer did get back in the second half, he was unbelievable. Um, I think the power is there for him to hit 40 home runs. If everything breaks right, he's going to lead off at the top of a just elite lineup in Toronto. Um, I don't, I don't know if he's going to steal as much as he did in the past, maybe like five, 10 bags, but um, everything else for George Springer is, is there for him. And the price is really good too. And it's interesting, like that you're kind of 11th through 20th outfielders is a big difference in AP. I mean, George Springer is going like 53, 52, 53 um, in draft. So you're able to get him in, in like the fourth round of 15 teamers. And, um, Again, if you've got steals in, in decent shape or you're kind of half punting steals or whatever, George Springer uh, could be could deliver first round value this year. I just think the the con the team context, his skills, the way he finished last season, uh, finished last season healthy is is all looking good for Springer. So I've taken up a lot of uh, George Springer early in early in draft so far. Rightfully so. I mean, keep in mind in, in 342 plate appearances last year. So, you know, maybe in, in a regular season, if he stays healthy, 600, it would be nice. But you would even take, you know, 500 plus. He had 22 homers and 50 RBIs in the 342 plate appearances, hit 260 and stole four bases. I mean, again, still hits the ball hard and going to hit a top of arguably one of the best lineups in baseball. And he's a guy also... I mean, his K rate is is very respectable. Twenty three percent last year was seventeen percent in twenty twenty. Walks at a double digit clip. Would it shock anybody on this panel if next year George Springer was the number one overall hitter? No. Would it shock anybody? That's my love too. I, I will let you go ahead and and uh, talk him up in a second. Uh, am I being too crazy with that? I don't know if he gets enough steals to do it. Um, but I think the other four categories, I think, I think he, so I called, I called Jordan Alvarez kind of Vlad light. I think George Springer, it could be like Jordan Alvarez light and, <laughs> and, and, and get to that first round. Number one overall, I think you need, you need, you need some, you need like 20, 30 bags, I think to really do it, but, uh, you can get close. Yeah. I think Vlad was the number two overall hitter last year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. He was, yeah. He was, I mean, yeah, depending where you look, but yeah, he was right up there and yeah. And Vlad, that is the type of season you have to have in order to mm-hmm. uh, get there without, without the bag. So it's, right. it's hard, but, um, but yeah. Uh, Doc, go ahead and pile on the George Springer love. Yeah. So, you know, I, I look at the lineup he's in and it's going to be a good hitting lineup somewhere with the Astros. And so the two full or three, I guess somewhat full seasons with the Astros he was top 10 and then number 11 in runs. So, I mean, all right, not even saying he's going to be the number one player, but in a five-by-five, five, would it surprise anyone if he plays 80% of games if he's top 10 in home runs and top 10 in runs? Mm-mm. That's a solid contributor in two categories right there. He's not going to kill you with batting average. Um, you know, the counting stats, he probably won't be top 10 in RBIs, but he's going to get more plate appearances with a Toronto lineup that's probably one of the top in the game. There's not too much to add to what Ryan said. I think you know the reason he's so down is because he burned a lot of people last year. But with an ADP of 52 and even a min pick of 30, like I think that's really reasonable. And he has a higher ceiling than a lot of people in this range. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I don't know about you guys. 
And every draft I'm in, he doesn't leave the third round. And I've, I think I've done four or five drafts over the last two weeks, oh. and he does not leave the third round anymore. He's he's firmly set himself there. Uh, so, again, someone that, that's rising up draft boards very quickly. Now, LC, I'm going to go to you real quick. You, in this range, seem to really like Cedric Mullins, and I wanted to say that especially because our friend Brad in the comments mm-hmm. said that he's not going to stay subscribed if we don't talk about his guy Cedric Mullins. <laughs> so go well, ahead, Brad. You don't have to worry, man. You and I share the same love of uh, of Ced Mullins. Um, <clears throat> now, Ced made a big switch before 2021. Stopped uh, stopped hitting switch and took up left handed hitting all full time. Now the difference is was night and day. Pre-2021 versus left-handed pitchers as a righty, he was hitting 147. In 2021, he had 277 uh, against against lefties, I mean. Um, so that that difference, that's huge. I don't think he's going to keep that two sit nearly 280 uh, batting average against lefties, but I don't think we're going to drop back down to the 100s again. I think, I think there's a pretty decent shot. He keeps it above 250 against lefties. Um, also, you're talking about a guy who's in 27 years old and his physical prime. Uh, he's a big, he has 30 home run power. They're moving the fence back in left field in Camden Yards. Good news is every single one of his home runs was pulled. So all of his home runs go to right field. 23 of his home runs came at home last season. That power is still going to be there. And he's just a fast guy. 30 30, only got to do it last year. I think he's pretty much, if he stays healthy, I think he's pretty much a lock for 2020 this year. Yeah, I think that's a definitely a safe projection on him as well. Now, Marty, in this range, who are somebody or who is somebody that you think that you're going to make sure you grab? Well, speaking as a lock for 2020, it's going to be Mr. Randy Arozarena. And so in his first full year last year, he um, he had 20 stolen bases. He had 20 home runs. He slashed 274, 356, 459. I think people kind of sleep on his OBP skills. I mean, you know, OBP of 356 is nothing to snuff at. Um, his sprint speed is in the 90th percentile. Max exit velocity in the 86th percentile. The Rays were the second best offensive team in all of baseball last year. So the counting stats are going to be there. And if we're going to, for me, he is like a, a Tim Anderson light. You're going to take a little bit of a hit in the batting average, but he'll make up for that with a little bit more power in the home runs. For where he's going, um, you know, I'm going to skip out on Springer. I'm going to skip out on Nick Castellanos. And um, I want to be able to get those steals without killing my batting average. And he's just right there. He's in like in that in that perfect spot where it makes me feel nice and good. Now I'm looking up his stolen bases because I know he did steal 20 last year. But if Don't I talk about him getting caught 10 stolen, that, that's what I was looking times. up. I didn't know. Well, what. you know, so and here's a, another another year, another year wiser. You know, and uh, and hey, let's uh, add three inches to each of these bases, and I think he's going to be perfectly fine. So you don't have to worry about that. That that's my only concern is if he starts getting caught as many times, if they. Uh, if they don't let him steal as much and they're not be as aggressive on the base paths. Well, he's one of their only guys that they can really go out there and, you know, and get you a stolen base. You know, there's not too many of the uh, other rays that are getting you that. So uh, I'm, I'm less worried about that. And I, and I really do believe, you know, he's 27 years old. This is only his third year in, you know, in major league baseball, he's the, sp- the, the speed is there. So it, what it is, is just learning to be able to read the pitchers better. And, um, you know, another year under his belt, 
I think he'll be able to do that. All right. Well, then let's move to the other side of the coin. Let's talk about the players in this range we are not too fond of. And I know Marty and, and Doc, you guys have the same player. I'm going to go to Ryan first because I wonder if he's the same guy as you two do. Who do you have, Ryan? It, I think it is. It's Buxton, but I yeah. want to. Oh, wanna, we're all tag teaming Buxton. I, hey. I don't. I don't want to just all agree. It's so obvious what the downside is with Buxton. <laughs> um, so I'll go in a. I'll go in a different direction. Uh, I don't want to hog the the spotlight. I'll go. I'll go Mullins as my fade. So. Um, here we go. Uh, so here's an interesting fact: is every year, um, or at least each of the last five seasons there's been a first rounder um that has been drafted at, with an adp outside like the top 13 rounds in 15 team leagues all right and so mullins was that was that guy last year that's happened every year um the last five years yeah before that it was luke voigt in 2020 before him it was Cattell Marte in 2019 for him it was blake snell 2018 aaron judge before him uh, and jonathan vr back in 2016 the following year, what those guys earned in in, in roto, value, roto value, Luke Voigt went from a $34 season, his breakout year, down to $3 the following season. Cattell Marte went from $33 down to 9 Blake Snell, $37 down to 3 Aaron Judge, $34 down to 20 He was by far the best one of this bunch the following season. And Jonathan VR went from $37 down to $8. So none of that really has anything to do with Cedric Mullins per se. Um, it's just an indictment of how hard regression can hit some of these breakout players the following season. Uh, Mullins wasn't really that heralded of a prospect. And yes, I get the, you know, the skill change and, and not, not switch hitting anymore. Um, I just think if, if, if history has any indication, Mullins is going to, uh, is, is not going to return value and, and even well below that. So um, I'm going on the side of history. Nothing against Cedric himself. The skills looked great last year, piled up plate appearances. Um, it's just regression can really hit these breakout guys the following season. I feel like you're saying he's overdue. Like the the, the category <laughs> is overdue for another winner. That, that, that would be the glass half full uh, uh, result of that analysis. That's true. He uh, may be due. To Ryan, is, the trend. is there is that a tweet you made somewhere I can retweet? Yes, I can find it. I'll I'll search it uh, while uh, I, I go to Doc and Marty. Why don't you guys so you don't step on each other's toes here? Marty, you can lead off, and then Eric's going to back clean up right behind you. So go ahead and why you hate Buxton. Well, I'm going to keep it short because, as you know, this whole uh, program is designed so Doc doesn't get to talk that much. So <laughs> for me, it's literally just the injury history. I think, it, again, the, the harp on the point, if you're in an overall – Right. And, you know, you're swinging for the fences and you want to be able to guy who's going to get you what Cedric Mullins did last year. And he does have MVP level skills. There's no one taking that away from him. But the dude cannot stay healthy. That's just that's where it begins and ends with me. I, I cross him off the list and I just keep moving forward. Now, does it bother you both that we drafted him in our Battle of the Pods league together? You know, because no, yeah, we're swinging you know for the fences. No, I, I thought about this today, and David, you and I have never made a trade in any fantasy league we've done, regardless of any sport, because we just think too alike. I cannot think of something we've disagreed more on. I woke up seeing you picked uh, Byron Buxton, and my stomach hurt. <laughs> well, I almost wanted to just throw the draft away. Ryan, have you ever drafted where you have four co-managers on the same team? 
I've never drafted with one co-manager. I yes. cannot imagine four. That's hilarious. Oh, it was yeah. a lot of back and forth. And I think it was like 8 a.m. And Eric was still sleeping. And we had to make a pick in the next like 10 minutes. And I was like, all right, like, who are we taking here? And I was like, you just want to take Buxton? <laughs> No, no. What, 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 what he ignores is Springer's still on the board. And I said, I'm cool with Springer or somebody else. Just not Buxton. Go I feel like bed. we could reach a CBA agreement before all you guys agree on the same player to take. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, to, so just to pick up off Marty, it's not only injuries, but it's migraines. It's something that's reoccurring that you can't really predict and they never really go away. I mean, if he wasn't the second overall pick and had the prospect pedigree, would we be hyping him up and keep giving him as much chances? last four full seasons, 28, 87, 39, and 61 games. And the reason his draft price is so high is really because of the April he had, the March-April, 18 games, hit 426, eight home runs, 14 RBIs. He followed it up with May with batting 208, one homer, four RBIs. First half, hit 369. Second half, hit 256. We're literally chasing that 18-game high from March-April that is probably never going to happen. Again. Mic drop. Uh, Ryan, is the tweet from 2020? I was just trying to find it. No, I thought I put something out this year. I thought I did the boom boards on it, but I'll, I'll, I'll find it. I don't yeah, know. I see the one from, it wasn't a bloom board, but it was from July 13th, 2020. No, I think it was, it was recently like a month or so ago. Okay. Um, yeah, if you find it, I'll, I definitely, that's, that's some really good information to just to the little docs whole point there. Um, Elsie, why don't you, uh, and yeah, Forrest, this is a, a pretty awesome group of outfielders. It's just very volatile in this range. Elsie, I know you could talk all day, all day about your next guy here, but let's keep it short and sweet. Short Nick, and sweet. Yeah, go ahead. I got it. I got it. There are two players that I want to compare for you. Uh, Nick Castellanos had a home, uh, home split of 359 with 23 home runs. 61 runs and 72 RBIs. His road was 260 with 11 home runs, 34 runs and 28 RBIs. There is another player whose road numbers are remarkably similar. And his name is Heimer Candelario. He hit 262. Yeah. 262 with 10 home runs, 43 runs and 39 RBIs. He actually outproduced uh, uh, Castellanos on the road. Uh, he's not outfield eligible. He's just third base. Yeah, but he's an ex. I I thought of the Detroit angle of like you know, Casty is very p- home park dependent on his power, um, and so I thought, well, maybe I'll look at Detroit see if there's anyone else who had similar road stats last year. And Heimer Candelario is a lot like Nick Nick Castellanos on on his road stats, and uh, I just thought that was pretty telling that uh, that with Castellanos, unless he's going to a good hitting park. You're going to get a good average, but you're not going to get the pop. Yeah, I think that's a good point. He's somebody that I think people were high on very much so, especially with the the stat cast metrics last year and equally have been kind of backling, backing away from him a little bit more this offseason. Let's go to the last range, and we're going to rapid fire this here. You're going to give us your like and your dislike in this range and just give us why you feel that certain way. And Ryan, why don't you kick us off in the 21 to 30 range? Who do you like and who are you disliking here? So I, I did finally, before we get there, I did finally find the tweet. I just messaged it. Ooh, uh, perfect. Messaged it to you. Um, I'm going to go 21 to 30 range. I'm going to go, uh, I guess I wanted to say Varsho, but he's a catcher, even though he's outfield eligible. Um, I'll go Christian Yelich. I don't, I just don't see the, 
bounce back coming. We've been waiting for two seasons. He's now 30 years old. The The back is an injury that can recur and just the, the skills the last two seasons have just completely decimated. So I was on the kind of the Christian Yelich comeback trail last season and, and kind of got burnt by that. But I just, it, it's so hard for me to see how he gets back to what he was two years ago. Yes, he does so, still own those skills. Um, he was a monster, but he's two years older now, like I said, just entering his 30s. And as, as you guys, some of you guys maybe know, once once you hit your 30s, man, things start to go down. So um, I just, yeah, I think too much has to go right for Christian Yelich to, uh, to, to get back to anywhere close where he was. I know you're not paying that with a 95 ADP, but he's just been so bad the last couple seasons that um, he needs to correct a lot to even even return value. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Uh, Marty, let's go to you. Who is the person in this range you like and dislike? Yeah, so I like Brian Reynolds, you know, uh, the Pittsburgh outfielder, not only because he was the only uh, Pittsburgh Pirate I could actually name when we did our uh, <laughs> game a few months ago, but he just keeps getting better. Uh, last year, he had 24 home runs with 90 RBIs. He stole five bases. He slashed 302, 390, 522. And I see him doing that exact same thing again. And when you look around the people that, that he's going, the players, whether you want Stanton or JD, you know, those are guys who are getting a little bit older. They have big question marks or whether or not they're going to be able to contribute throughout the whole season. This guy is going to be good to go. He's 27 years old. Um, his sprint, uh, sprint speed's in the 88th percentile. He walks a ton. His expecting batty, batting average is in the 94th percentile. So again, he's just another safe play. And if, the Pirates are going to be, um, you know, be nice to him. Maybe they'll trade him. You know, maybe go to even a better lineup. So I think he's just somebody who's going to be slotted in as their third batter day in, day out, and you're going to get tons of production. And on the flip side of that, my dislike is going to be Chris Bryant. I understand that he's only this high ranked because he's in third base. But even with that said, there is nothing about him that stands out. And he keeps declining as he gets older. Um, the batting average really isn't there anymore. The power isn't there anymore. Um, and we're kind of just we're kind of just holding on to the past with him, you know, and uh, I just for me, it's a, it's a it's an easy fade in, in and out. Unless he goes to Colorado. Hey, if he goes to Colorado, then we, we might be talking. That's a that's a that's a different thing. But um, <laughs> God, that's that's I mean, we're, that's putting a lot of hope into one thing. Yeah, no, it is for sure. Whoever goes there is going to get a spike in value. Elsie, same question for you. Cliff Notes version of your likes and dislikes. And it is a very juicy range for outfield. I don't know if either of you wanted to bring up Stanton, but I feel uh, like I'm being targeted by Ryan here. I really do. <laughs> I really do. He's down on all the guys I like. Um, now, I, I've been out on Yellow the last two seasons coming off his 2019 injury. I, I kind of. I kind of felt like um, that injury was going to have a long tail. Um, now, one of the things that, that that I noticed, which happened to to Yelich last season, was people will talk about how his how he 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 found that launch angle when he came to Milwaukee. He didn't he didn't find the launch angle. His home run per fly ball went from the mid teens, fifteen to twenty percent, to over thirty percent when he got to Milwaukee. Last season, it dropped back down to thirteen percent. Uh, he still hits the ball as hard. The The problem was that his, uh, his home run per fly ball dropped down. I think that there could be a bounce back there. I think, you know, he still showed some speed. I don't think he's going to provide the same first round value, but I think you could be looking at someone who gives you, you know, 10 to 15 stolen bases and could get you back in the upper twenties home runs 
uh, if he finds that uh, that home run for fly ball that he had that he even had after his 2009 injury he had it in 2020. So I think there's a good bounce back there. And Cattell Marte is the guy I'm fading. I just don't know what you're going to get with Marte. He, uh, he shows power one year. He doesn't have it the next year. Uh, speed never comes through. So he could be just, uh, could be just a one category contributor. Really? Uh, you're the I agree. I agree with you there. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good way to, to to close this out. Is Doc gives Doc real quick? You have Miles Straw as your dislike. Is no, no, no. I, I no. Look at the text. I changed it because Miles Straw is outside the. <laughs> don't, I don't look at my phone during a, a show. Uh, All right. Says, like, says, says David that retweeted it uh, when I was talking. Uh, so I, I'm a fan of JD Martinez. Um, I think we're his his low ADP is still a little bit baked into the dip yet in 2020, which David has made a point of multiple times. He didn't have access to, to technology to basically review his swing. He's not going to be that 40 homer, 100 plus RBI guy consistently that we knew in 2018 and 2019. But I think he could easily have close to 30 homers, 90 plus RBIs. Um, he had 286 last year, but besides that, the last four field seasons, 300 plus hitters. So just great contact. And my fate is Dalton Varsho. Like, okay, the catcher eligibility makes it a little more glamorous, but. A guy with a low career walk rate, high K rate, um, hasn't had great success with stolen bases in the majors. He has nine in 132 games, and we were thinking that he was going to be good based on what he did in the minor leagues. I just don't think Arizona has a good team around him, which will likely lower counting stats. Yeah, and I mean, we could get into the whole Darton Varsho talk. Obviously, the catcher is the only reason why he's he's getting drafted this high. Everybody wants stolen bases from their catcher. Um but people are hoping there's a lot of playing time and a lot of possibility where he's going to be able to produce next year for the Diamondbacks. But I can understand why you don't like him there. All right. Let's now go to what makes triple play triple play. Let's go to first our question of the week, which is, of course, sponsored by Monkey Night Fight. Triple play fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Night Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple play. So Elsie's question for us this week is who would be the dream commissioner of baseball right now? We all know it needs a change, but if you were to elect it, no way, uh, no, no chance. Who would be your dream commissioner? Ryan, you get to make that decision as of right now. Who would you have as commissioner of baseball? I'm going to cheat a little bit and do some co-commissioners. Um, okay. I don't know if that's allowed, but. But that's it, okay. It is today. If, we, if, we, if we have four people drafting a team, we can have two people. <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah, if you can have four baseball. co-managers on a squad, I can have two co-commissioners. Because <laughs> I kind of think of them as one person anyway. Uh, but Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. They are the duo that forms uh, Suspetus Family Barbecue, mm-hmm. which is just a super entertaining but also informative social media pretty much mecca that they have um, – that they have built. I just think those two guys I believe they're from uh, the DC area too. Um, I just think those two guys are great for growing the game. Um, they, they know their stuff, but they make, they make baseball fun. They make it interactive. And I think that's what we need right now where we're so bogged down with money and negotiations and that sort of thing, make the game fun, make it, uh, make it something you want to grow with the next generation. I think those two guys um, are fantastic at what they do, and they are uh, great bastions for the sport. Yeah, they're uh, they're with uh, they're with Fox Sports. 
I didn't yes. know that. Yeah, I think MLB picked them up for a little bit, and then now they're with Fox. So they've wow. um, they've pretty much started from from nothing and and built uh, a, a pretty sweet empire. <laughs> I remember the last time I saw them, they were with I think Spot of or uh, uh, not um, who was it? Was Bill Simmons's uh, the, Ringer. the Ringer? The Ringer. Ringer. Thank you. Yeah. I saw them with the Ringer, but I hadn't seen that they uh, they they are doing big things. That's. And they are funny because I've listened to them a few times. That's like, I think that's a they're, good call. Yeah, Marty, good. what about you? Who's, who's your pick? I believe there's only one answer, and there's one man that we need for this job, and that's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> I knew this answer was coming. I knew it. Yeah. Now, first off, he's the people champ, you know, so he's not going to let us the fans down. You know, he's going to he's going to wrap us to the full to the full way. Obviously, he has tons of. Uh, I mean, he's just he's just a man in every sense. But what I really like about him, could you imagine sitting around with all those owners, bringing the players, um, you know, bringing their side of it? No one's going to intimidate him. He's not going to be anyone's mouthpiece. Dwayne's going to say how it is, what it is, and he's going to be speaking for us. And he's going to be able to move this thing along. So yeah, we got to get the rock in here, man. And then he can be the president. I think the president is where his eyes are set on at this point. Uh, well, we need him now more than ever. Yeah, agreed. LC? I, I have two answers. The first answer is any Cardinals fan that wants to see Wainwright and Molina play more games in their last season together, that'd be a, <laughs> that, that, that's motivation. And my second answer, pro player to the end, Scott Boris. Why not? Pro player wants to see all the games coming in, has a background, legal background. Come on, Scotty. Those are both very creative answers. I'll give you that one, Elsie. Doc, wrap it up for us. Yeah, I was going to go the Marty route and just think of present day, March 9th, when we're recording in lockout. Just have Chuck Norris in there, someone that's (laughs) neutral, and says, hey, you guys are sitting down. You're going to shake hands, and we're going to sign this. Like, not the best for growing the game, but probably maybe one of the best in getting us out of this. He'd get stuff done, that's for sure. And I, I know someone could have easily said like Adam Silver too. I think Adam Silver is like the standard for commissioners. So if he became yeah. a two sport commissioner, he might not be a bad call either. Uh, all right. Time for the last segment of the night. And I'm glad I just remembered this. Now, Ryan, since you were last on, we like to, uh, to take things up a notch here now. Now what we do during our game of the week is put on the music. I, I put on a little bit of music. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We, we set the mood. We ease in. We 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 riding at night. We flow we in. We take here. off our clothes. As it gets pretty wild, Elsie, uh, what game are we playing this week? Uh, this game is based entirely on the remaining free agents. There's a lot of talk these days about. I just said it about Nick Castellanos. How much I'm I'm interested in him depends on where he ends up. There's a lot of big free agents left. Let's let's discuss who's there. Let's see how well you guys have been studying the hot stove this offseason. Um, so there are six questions, and I have one tiebreaker question. Answering order is going to be uh, Price is Right style, starting with David, then Doc, then Marty, then Ryan. For And then we're going to switch it up. The first question, if you all are, are ready to go, I'm let's ready rock. to go too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Freddie Freeman currently is has been listed as being connected, ha, had interest from the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. His former team, the Atlanta Braves, made him an offer before uh, going before he started seeking other offers. This question, I'm going to give you four options. You tell me which one was the offer that Atlanta gave him. 
Was it six years to for one sixty? Was it five years for one hundred and thirty-five? Was it four years for one eighteen, or five years for one fifty? David, I think it was the four-year deal. Eric, I think it was five for one thirty-five. Yeah, Marty. I go with what Doc said. Ryan. It was the first one you mentioned. I forget the exact numbers. Six for 160? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm going to go with that. Well, Freddie's hoping for six. Five for 135 is what Atlanta offered him. So Boom. Marty and Eric got have one point. Oh, wait, I, say, I said four. <laughs> you said four years. You said four years. But you know what? You know what? You and Ryan seemed more confident in your answer. So I was like, wow, maybe I got yeah. that wrong. <laughs> Marty Not and I attacked. Marty and I tag teaming our hate for Buxton and also getting this right. There we go. (laughs) Doc, you're starting off this next one. Chris Bryant has been linked to many teams this offseason. Three of these teams that I'm giving you, he has been linked to. And the fourth, he has not been. You tell me which one he was not linked to. Chris Bryant. The four teams are the Mariners, the Padres, the Astros, and the Yankees. Which team was Bryant not linked to? So it's Mariners, Padres, uh, Astros, Padres. What was the Yankees. last one? Yankees. Yankees. Uh, I want to say the Padres. Marty. Astros. Hmm. Ryan. Those are the two I was going to guess. I'll go Astros. David. I'm ninety percent sure it's the Astros. The Yankees are the only team on that list <laughs> what? who Brian, Brian has wow. not been linked to. What? Are you serious? Wait a minute. They're linked to everyone. I, I was pretty yeah, sure I, I saw t- There was a tweet I that went know. out today. that oh, I knew I'm, Seattle. I'm gonna, yeah, the, the Seattle I knew for sure. I'm going to look yeah. for this tweet really quick. Well, you better uh, tell we, those we, people over. Are we protesting over at, the results here? You're gonna, you better tell those people over at MLB Trade Rumors. They need to update their website. Oh, okay? <laughs> uh, you put them on blast. Okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, now, same same, uh, same type of setup. Three of these teams have been linked to Nick Castellanos. Which team has not been linked to Nick Castellanos? Marty, you go first. The four teams, Padres, Giants, Phillies, Marlins. Marty, you're first. Go Phillies. Ryan. It's got to be the Marlins. They won't pay anyone. David. It was Phillies, Marlins was the other one. Giants and Padres. I'm going to say Padres. Eric? I think it was Phillies. I th- I do think the Marlins uh, said they were going to go after him. The Marlins did. The team that did not is the Giants. The Giants oh, is the only wow. one who has not been yeah, linked to the Castellanos. Terrible with this. We are doing bad. It's a this, is a, this is a, it's a tough one because uh, you have to be up on your hot stove and, uh, you know, right now it's one point for Eric, one point for Marty. It's anybody's game. You guys want to end the game now? I'm cool with it. <laughs> no. no. I have one, two. I think I have three questions left. All right, let's yep. do it. Okay, Kyle Schwarber uh, is is sought, said to be seeking a deal in a certain range. And I want you guys to tell me what is the deal that Kyle Schwarber is said to be seeking. And I'm going to give you four options. The four are four for 53, five for 95, three for 60, 
or four for 75? Ryan, you go first. I'll go three for 60. David? I'm going to go to the, the four-year deal. Doc? There's two four-year deals. Was it? <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Four <laughs> you should have hedged, though. I, I like that. I could have done both. Oh, man. <laughs> which which the... four for 53 or four for 75? Four for 75. He, he wants the money. Uh, Doc? <laughs> I think three for 60. Marty? Four for um, the, le- the, the lesser amount. For 53. Okay, the re- yeah. right answer is three for 60. Shar- Schwarber's oh, opening man. a 20 per. I actually remember that one. Wow. Do so, Doc, that. you're in the lead. You have two. Marty and Ryan, you both have one. We still have two questions yeah. left and a tiebreaker. Okay. This Japanese player, Seiya Suzuki, has been linked to a number of teams as well. The four teams on this list, three of them he's been linked to, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Tigers and the Giants. Mendy, who do you think is is does not belong? Uh, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Giants, and what was the other one? Tigers. Tigers. The Tigers have already so many outfielders. Like, I can't see them. I just got to be Detroit. Doc? I think it's the Red Sox. Marty? I'm going to go with the Tigers because Chris Illich refuses to spend, and he was one of the four owners that wanted to keep the CB, you know, keep that um, salary cap. So, yeah, Tigers. Gosh, we should have had him go first. Ryan. Yeah, I want to say Cubs, but I think it's too obvious, and that, that's taken me wrong before. So I'll go Red Sox. The correct answer is the Detroit Tigers. Yeah! On the board. Cubs, Red yeah, Sox, yeah, and Giants yeah. have all been, all been linked to see a Suzuki. Good deductive reasoning there, Mendy. Good, good, good job on there. I thought yeah. since the Tigers had spent some money this offseason, they might be uh, they might f- fly right past you. Chris even, a broken, baseball. even a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day. So Marty and I are tied going to the last one. That's right. That's right. But David and Ryan can both tie it up here. The last one we're going here is uh, Trevor Story. Three of these teams have been linked this offseason to Trevor Story. Which one doesn't belong? The Astros, the Red Sox, the Rangers, and the Mariners. Doc, you go first. Astros, Red Sox, Rangers, Mariners. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I know the answer for this one. Uh, you said this offseason? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be another? No, 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 I'm, no. I'm just thinking of like since they've signed and, and like the good. <clears throat> Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go Red Sox. Rangers. Uh, Ryan? Mariners. The only and way I have, the only way I have a chance is if I guess different than Eric. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's the Red Sox, but I, I guess I have to, I have to guess different. Uh, it was the Mariners, Red Sox, Rangers, and Astros. Astros, David. Yeah. I'm going to say the Rangers just to try to be different. The, re- the right answer is the Astros. The Rangers were linked to them before they signed two middle infielders. So yeah, that was a little, was it's yeah. a little bit of a trick question right that's there. I, I, tricky, have, tricky, I know I have Marty and, and Eric tied for first. So right, the tiebreaker question, the tiebreaker question. All right. Uh, I'm going to do this. Uh, if, if any of you can tell me off the top of your head, 
what the Japanese league team that Seiya Suzuki played for, that'll win it. If not, it'll be it'll be a, 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 a multiple choice. Let's Did see anyone? multiple choice. Okay. Multiple choice. <laughs> the four the four teams, which which of these teams did Seiya Suzuki play for in the Japanese league? The Fukuoka Softbank Hawks, the Yakult Swallows, the Hiroshima Carp, or the Hanshin Tigers. Can you say the first two names again? The Fukuoka, Fukuoka Softbank Hawks, the Yakult <laughs> Swallows, the Hanshin Tigers, and the Hiroshima Carp. Suppressive. Thank you. <laughs> Doc. Right. Um, I'm going to go the Bangkoks because you have a dirty mind. <laughs> Bang, that's not even one of the answers. <laughs> it's the Bang, oh, bang Hawks. Oh, bang Hawks. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're so You got all excited. Yeah, well, I, I, it's, it's hard to hear LC sometimes. Oh, well, I, I mean, watch that be the right answer. <laughs> Marty? Um... Everyone would expect me to say the Tigers, but I'm going to say the Carp because that's a horrible mascot and he needed to move out of there. Marty, you just did it right. The Hiroshima Carp. Wow. Yes, the walk-off. There it is. Yeah, that's Marty a... for the win. Well nice job there for Marty. Nice job. Oh, goodness. Well, that was Not fun. the Bangkok's narrative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be, uh, they're going to get a complaint from them that we're trashing their name, Eric. Thanks a lot. it's it's all right all right well on that note ryan thanks so much for coming on the show tonight man it's always a ton of fun having you it was even better the second time so so thanks so much for coming on yeah likewise this is a blast guys talk soon yeah of course and before we get out of here please plug all the great work that you do because it's a ton of it and then also tell them where they can find your bloom boards like you can um pretty much find them right just on twitter right yeah, that's that's how best to find me on Twitter at Ryan DHQ. Or if you don't want to follow me, you can look up Bloom Boards directly. Hashtag Bloom Boards and uh, all kinds of stuff will show up from these last couple of months. Planning to do more. I'm um, just trying to pace myself because I don't know when the season starts. So. <laughs> the last thing I want to ask you right before we get off of here. Sure. How does it? How do you think of what you want to look up for your Bloom Boards? Because that's what I'm always curious about. I'm like, how did he even think of this is what he was going to look up? Yeah, I used to do them. I, I really for my articles at Baseball HQ. Um, I, I I've got a set kind of set kind of thing of what I look up, and as I'm writing my articles, I'm doing my research anyway. So that's how it started. Is I I'm doing the research anyway. I'll tease a little bit out. We are behind a paywall, so I don't do the whole article, but um, I I, I kind of spit out the the useful. The interesting factoids, and that has grown into something bigger. So always thinking of stuff. Podcasts are always really helpful, too. People are talking about, you know, whatever, and the thought comes, okay, let me put some data to that, and and a bloom board is born. I love it. I love it. If you have not seen a bloom board, then you're living under a rock. So make sure you check that out and check out all the great things that Ryan does. It's some of the best stuff on Twitter. Every single person that watches Triple Play on YouTube or you listen to the podcast, we appreciate you guys each and every single week catching our stuff. Next week, we'll be joined by our good friend Bubba as we look at outfielders in the 31 to 60 range. Should be a fun show. But until then, stay safe. And all we can really do is just I can wish you happy drafting and we can keep our fingers crossed for a deal. But until next week, we're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.